report. The Lord's descent from His transcendental abode is already explained in the sixth verse. One who can understand the truth of the appearance of the personality of Godhead is already liberated from material bondage and therefore he returns to the kingdom of God immediately after quitting his present material body. Thus liberation of a living entity from material bondage is not at all easy. The impersonalists and yogis attain liberation only after much trouble and many, many births. Even then the liberation they achieve merging into the impersonal Brahmajyoti of the Lord is only partial and there is a risk of returning to this material world. But the devotee simply by understanding the transcendental nature of the body and activities of the Lord attains the abode of the Lord after ending this body and does not run the risk of returning to this material world. In the Brahma Samhita 5.33 it is stated that the Lord has many, many forms and incarnations. Although there are many transcendental forms of the Lord, they are still one and the same supreme personality of Godhead. One has to understand this fact with conviction. Although it is incomprehensible to mundane scholars and empirical philosophers, as stated in the Vedas, Purusha Bodhini Upanishad, Eko Devo Nitya Vivanuratto Bhakta Pyapi Vidyantaratma. Translation The one supreme personality of Godhead is eternally engaged in many, many transcendental forms in relationships with his unalloyed devotees. This Vedic version. <laughs> this Vedic version is confirmed in this verse of the Gita personally by the Lord. He who accepts this truth of the strength of the authority of the Vedas and of the Supreme Personality of Godhead and one who does not waste time in philosophical speculations attain the highest perfectional stage of liberation. Simply by accepting this truth and faith, one can without a doubt attain liberation. The Vedic version Tattvam Asi is actually applied in this case. Anyone who understands 
Lord Krishna to be the Supreme, or who says unto the Lord, quote, You are the same Supreme Brahman, the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Is certainly liberated instantly. Okay, let's go for it. Oh, my dear Lord Krishna, you are the Supreme Brahman, the Supreme Personality of Godhead. I surrender unto you. So such a person is certainly liberated instantly. You have all achieved instant liberation. And consequently his entrance into the transcendental association of the Lord is guaranteed. In other words, such faithful devotees of the Lord attain perfection and this is confirmed by the following Vedic assertion. One can attain the perfectional stage or perfect stage of liberation from birth and death simply by knowing the Lord the Supreme Personality of Godhead and there is no other way to achieve this perfection. Sweta Swatara Upanishad 3.8 That there is no alternative means that anyone who does not understand Lord Krishna as the Supreme Personality of Godhead is surely in the mode of ignorance and consequently he will not attain salvation simply so to speak, by licking the outer surface of the bottle of honey, or by interpreting the Bhagavad Gita according to mundane scholarship, such empiric philosophers may assume very important roles in the material world, but they are not necessarily eligible for liberation. Such pafta mundane scholars have to wait for the causeless mercy of the devotee of the Lord. One should therefore cultivate Krishna consciousness with faith, in this way attain perfection. Translation again. One note. The transcendental nature of my appearance and activities does not upon leaving the body take his birth again in the material world that attains my eternal abode, O Arjuna. So this is a very important verse. Krishna is explaining my appearance and my activities are transcendental. Very important to understand this. Sometimes you may meet some kind of challenging person and they ask or make statements which are improper in relation to Lord Krishna, really offensive. Why do you worship Krishna? He steals butter. 
You are worshiping God who is a thief. Sometimes someone may challenge something like this. The man said, the body. What are you going to say? How are you going to consider that? So first thing we can do is remember this verse. Chatma Karma Divya. My dear sir, you don't understand all of Krishna's activities and incidents. The father gives his children some gift and then playing with them, he takes it away, then gives it back. He just steal it. He's playing. Krishna is a big provider. How he can be a thief? He owns everything. But just to create some happy pastimes, he has uh, instituted his childhood pastimes in Vrindavan. The devotees who are visited by Krishna's lotus feet and he's taking butter from their store, they're not the loser. They're very happy actually that Krishna has visited. How many of you would like Krishna to visit your house and take some butter? So like that, some devotees have been doing tapasya for a long time to be able to be born in Braj. When Krishna's pastimes are going on, and it was their key desire to have Krishna come and steal their butter. So Krishna is doing that just to give them transcendental happiness. To be able to plot how to catch Krishna. It's like a transcendental game of chess. He's the most clever. You know that past time how the Gopis laid a trap to catch Krishna in Barsana. You don't know. You forgot. You must remember. In Barsana, in a place called uh, huh? Chitra. Chitra Devi's uh, place, Chitra, Chitra, Chitra Devi's uh, village, one of the eight Sakis, there's a Lalita Visaka, so Lalita Champakalota Chitra Devi, and Tungavidya uh, on the left side. So Chitra Devi has uh, got her own village. So that village, there was a house with a big store of water. So the ladies decided we can never catch Krishna. So what we do is they put bells around the doorway. So when Krishna opens the door, then he'll set off the alarm. They put bells on the stone water. They didn't have to move to get reach the water. They know his uh, techniques. He's too short to read, so he brings the stone mortar over them. They keep it in the same place. Then they put bells around 
the pot of butter. So when it moves the pot of butter to take out the butter, it will also go mingling. So this way, the gopis, when they hear the bells, the elderly gopis, they know that Krishna is there. They can go and capture him. So this was their plan. So then Krishna went with all the covered boys and he sees all the bells on the door and he said, what do they think I am? <laughs> then he made his uh, plan. All right, bells, I order you, don't drink. So when he opened the door, the bells are the fear of the Supreme Lord, they didn't drink. Told the bells and the mortar, don't drink. He told the bells and the butter pot, don't drink. So no, nobody rings. So they took out the butter. Now it says that the monkeys in Vrindavan, they have done, were great rishis and munis who had done a lot of tapasyas in order to be born as a monkey to get butter from the hand of Krishna. How many of you would like butter from the hand of Krishna? Trivo. So they are not ordinary souls, not ordinary monkeys. They are special birth to serve Krishna, to get Krishna prasad. So the coward boys, they are taking the butter, feeding the monkeys. We went to this uh, village and there are many monkeys still there and they brought us some buttermilk because they had churned the butter and the buttermilk was left. This was a fresh buttermilk. So we were drinking the buttermilk prasadam and the monkeys were sitting there looking saying we don't get then we had to also give some of the monkeys. They're lighting up one after another to take. So, one of the coward boys, so he wanted to feed Krishna the butter. So he went and put some butter in Krishna's mouth. As soon as he offered the butter in Krishna's mouth, all the bells started to ring. Ding 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 ding. Krishna, what are you doing? Why are you ringing? Now I'm going to get caught. And the bell said, Lord, he was making offering to you. Whenever offering is made to you, we have to ring. How many of you bell when you may offering to Krishna? So bell knows the duty. Krishna is taking prasada. They have to ring. So the gopis heard the bells ringing. They came running. Aha, Krishna is inside. And they passed the door. So you will be captured. Panic inside, what to do? You heard that? Yes, they locked us in. <laughs> the elderly gopis were running to get reinforcements. This was the first time they'd ever caught Krishna red handed. So 
they wanted to give the other elderly ladies, you know, be able to prove, see Krishna as he was. Whenever Krishna would take the butter, he would get away and there would be no proof. So when they go and complain to Mother Yasoda that your son is stealing our butter, he said, what do you think, my son needs your butter? He's the king of the brothers, so he's got so much butter. In my house we got enough butter, what do I need your butter for? Must be someone else. What is the proof that my son took your butter? So they didn't have any proof. So this time they got proof. There he was inside. Capture. So... But meanwhile, one of the cowherd boys saw that inside there was a door, there was a window at the back. So he said, we can escape through the window. So all the cowherd boys were very skinny. One by one they squeezed through the little window and got out. But one of Krishna's friends is uh, not a cowherd boy, he's a brahmana, Madhumangal. So he tried to get through the window, but he was a little better. So he didn't fit. He got stuck. So the gopis came in, they couldn't find anyone, but in the back they saw Madhu Mangal stuck in the window, his legs kicking. So they kept him as hostage. Your Krishna must have been here. Now we got you, you are releasing you until Krishna comes. And they are harassing him and chastising him. So Krishna heard that his devotee was captured. He always promised to protect his devotees. So he made his strategy, then he came back and he, he told all the coward ladies, shame on you. Shame on you. What you are doing to this poor Brahmin boy. We are cowherd boys. You can do anything to us. But he's a Brahmana. You are insulting him, torturing a Brahmana. You know what their future is going to be. You are going to suffer a lot of bad karma. You should all beg him for forgiveness and you must do prize chitya. You must do atonement. He said, oh, because they're all very simple hearted ladies. And Krishna's words were very enchanting. So they said, what should we do? He said, well, Madhu Mangal, he likes sweets. <laughs> you give him a lot of sweets, prasada, then he will forgive you for your offense. So they put Madhu Mangal on a stone seat and they piled all kinds of burfi, sandesh, rabri, latus, and different kinds of sweets. What are the sweets they have in Vrindavan? Rasmalai, I don't know if they have that in Vrindavan. You go Bengali sweets and Sandesh, Rasmalai, Cham Cham, Misti Doi, Mysore Park. 
I don't know whether they have Mysore Park and Prindavan. Prindavan Park. <laughs> so, Gulam Jaman. That could be there. Huh? Pera. Did I say? Pera. Jalebis. So they have a big mouth of sweets in front of Madhu Mangal and thank him for forgiving if they committed any offense. So he blessed all of them and took some sweets. There was a big uh, festival. So that seat called Madhu Mangal Baitak is still there. You can see it on the back side of Varsana. Next in the village of uh, Chitrauli, by the side of Krishna Kunda, to the entrance of the uh, forest. The very special forest there. So there you can see this house is still standing, also, the house where Krishna was almost. So like that, if you know the whole background, the whole thing then for the devotees, Krishna's pastime as Makanchura are very sweet. But for the materialists, atheists, people covered by border of ignorance, they don't understand all these things. They may say very challenging things. Sometimes people are just testing. You should know all the answers. We should be very clear that Krishna's activities are transcendental. His appearance is also transcendental. Krishna, where does he come from? Where does Krishna live? So when he comes to this material world, he comes in Goloka, Vrindavan. He descends. He comes in his own form. Ishwara Parama Krishna Satchit Ananda Vigraha. He has the Satchit Ananda Vigraha. Eternal blissful knowledge is what he is made out of. He doesn't have to take material body with the skin, and bones, and blood, and intestines, all the mechanisms which make this body run, and the byproducts it produces. Krishna form looks like a human form, but his form is transcendental. That's why Krishna never grew old. When Krishna was giving the Bhagavad Gita lecture to Arjuna, he was 120 years old. But he was still young, looking just like a 20-year-old boy. 
We cannot look like that in 120. We'll be wrinkled and white hair usually. Krishna doesn't grow old. He just changes his body according to what role he has to play in the drama, in the Leela. So he has many different forms, Ananta Rupa. So when he comes in the material world, it's also by his own decision. Prabhupada said, if the president or governor of a country wants to see the prison house, you can stop it. And head of state has also the legal right to pardon a prisoner. Sometimes someone has got death penalty and the pardon comes from the president or the governor or the ruler. So this is how Krishna is visiting this material world. He's coming here to show all of us how beautiful his pastimes are. So if we can be attracted by his beautiful pastimes, so that we can also desire to join him and return back to his uh, spiritual abode at the end of his life. If you understand Krishna's nature, if you desire to serve him, then you can also achieve his eternal abode. We make so many plans for this material world. But we forget that life in the material world is also temporary. We need to side by side have our material plan and our spiritual plan. At any time we have to be able to revert to our totally spiritual plan. Prabhupada was uh, in his Vihasta life working as a uh, pharmacist, he had his own pharmacy. So he, one time went to visit a friend who was sick. He was industrialist. And the doctor told them, you only have a short time to live. Your life is coming to an end. So then the doctor that uh, patient, the businessman, he grabbed the doctor's hand and he said, Doctor, please give me one more year. I just invested one and a half lakhs of rupees in my factory and it's going to double the profit next year. But the doctor said, well, I don't have, it's not in my hand to give you how much time you have. Prabhupada was uh, noticing, he was quite amazed how the businessman is being told his life is coming to an end, but he only is thinking, I need to 
have one more year to double my profit. He's simply thinking how to get the more profit. But he's not thinking that I have to leave this body and what is my next destination going to be. It's like somebody here, if you're having a rented flat, does it make any sense to spend all of your salary to decorate it up, take loans and fix it up, then when you leave, you leave it all behind and go back to India with nothing. Would that be a good investment? So once we realize that we are all expatriates in this material world, we are not here eternally. Of course, if we want to be here, we can get visa extension, life after life. But if we surrender to Krishna, we can go back home, back to Godhead. So that time, whenever chanting we've done of Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare that's in your fixed deposit, your TVD, Transcendental Fixed Deposit, which you can take back with you to the spiritual world. It gives you that ticket. Mostly people are just investing in this world and they're not thinking about the future. But we should go on depositing for our future. Whatever we do for Krishna, whatever service we do, that goes into our permanent transcendental fixed deposit. Whatever we're just spending here for that temporary sense gratification that goes in our current account, that's just spent expenditures. Some expenditures we have to do. That's expected. So what we need for our survival, there's no problem. But if we're really wasteful and use all our energy just in trying to enjoy the temporary life here, in this material world, then we're going to get stuck up here. We won't get back to that. So it's not a wise investment. So why Krishna comes down is to show us there's an alternative. If he didn't come and show his path, if he didn't tell us these things to, to Bhagavad Gita, we might think that this world is all there is. There's nothing more. And that would be a very big mistake. Therefore, Krishna is saying, you should understand me. Human form of life is meant to know Krishna. And if you know Krishna, it's not a small thing. Because if you know Krishna, he's saying, Yo veni tattvata tattvam tattya deham puna janma naiti maameti sorguna that when you leave your body, you come back to me. In this lifetime, we want to establish relationship with Krishna, re-establish our lost relationship so we can go back home, back to Krishna. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu made it very easy for us, giving us the holy names. 
He also told us we have to be very careful to avoid offenses. Offenses to the Vaishnavas is the most serious offense. Lord Chaitanya said, Vaishnava Puran Matal Hati Upare Vachin Nitar Suki Jai Pata. That our spiritual life is like a creeper, like a lota. And if we commit Vaishnava offense, then that means that the elephant, if it goes in the garden and pulls out the trees, the trees are going to die. It's such a serious mistake that the roots can be pulled out from our devotional creeper. And then Sukhi Jayapata means all the leaves will dry up. Maybe immediately the person won't just be burnt to a crisp. But what happens is gradually they dry up. They stop to taste the nectar of Krishna's chanting. Their material desires start to increase. In the beginning we are trying to get rid of our material desires by developing a transcendental taste. So we chant Hare Krishna. We dance, we hear the classes, we do service, we get absorbed in all our spare time when we're not working or doing our routine work. And this way we start to develop a taste for chanting, taste for serving. That taste is something very special. It's described like a jewel, the Bhakti Ratna. So if you have a jewel, how will you protect it? Do you leave it lying on the street? So you have a diamond. What do you do with your diamond? Where will you keep your diamond? Anyone suggestion? Where will you keep your diamond? You keep it in a locker. You keep it around your neck. You keep it locked up very carefully. So we keep our bhakti jewel locked in our heart. We have to be careful of the thieves. We have to be careful of misplacing it. So that bhakti jewel can get easily stolen from us. It's like a tiger ripping it out of our heart. Find Vaishnava offenses. We can also gradually lose our bhakti jewel by gossiping with materialistic people, which leads to offenses. By breaking regular principles, like a prostitute entices a man and then sometimes. Feeds the man drugs and steals all the man's money. Like that, sometimes we're tricked to go for sex gratification, and then we find that we lose our devotional taste because we went to sinful activity. So, getting the bhakti. Jewel is not so hard for His Lord Chaitanya's mercy. Lord Chaitanya giving it to us quite easily. 
by chanting and good association. But losing it, then you have to be very expert to guard it. Once you get it. Because Maya will be sending all kinds of agents to steal your jewel. Thieves in the form of prostitutes, tigers, wild animals, so many kinds of dangers. So you must be very careful. That's why we're advising always stay in good association. Lord Chaitanya advised that you should stay in Satsanga. We should hear also from bona fide people from Vaishnavas. If we hear from the non-Vaishnavas, we hear from the impersonalists, then their interpretations of Gita and Bhagavad may be very interesting to hear. But what happens is it steals away our devotion. Because they try to tell everyone that you are God yourself. So we think we're God, where is the Bhakti? Devotion is there between devotee and Lord. When the devotee thinks now I am Lord, then loses Bhakti. That's why Lord Chaitanya advised that once someone has taken up seriously their devotional service, maybe in the beginning someone goes under so many groups. But once you take up your spiritual life very seriously and you want to do bhakti yoga, then you should just hear from the devotees. That will be the most conducive for your spiritual progress. Mukunda Dhaja, he was lead singer for Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's Kirtan. But he didn't follow this uh, order of Lord Chaitanya. He used to go and listen to many lectures, many visit many groups. And anyway, it's all one. But in a, when you go for higher studies in spiritual life, you need to focus on a particular path and become a specialist. So bhakti path has its own philosophy it's all deep understanding. And if you hear from the Ghanis or the Jogis or the Karma Khandis, then you get bewildered. It's impossible to get bewildered if you don't have a very strong philosophical understanding. Also, what is the use of listening to those lectures if they're not going to help our devotion? We are depending on the mercy of Krishna and He'll deliver us. But we have to have a clear understanding about Krishna. If we get a distorted understanding, then we won't get the same result. Sometimes the Mayavadi say Krishna is actually coming in Satya Guna. That Krishna is impersonal Brahman and taken the form of Sattva Guna. But this is nowhere confirmed anywhere in the Vedas. This is speculation. Krishna Satchidana is Param Brahma. So he is not uh, in the mode of goodness, passion, or ignorance. He is transcendental. He is saying him, Janma Karma Chimi He doesn't say Janma Karma Sami Sami Sattva. 
He didn't say sadha. He said devya. Devya means transcendental. Transcendental to the three modes. But these mayavadis they'll say no Krishna sattva guna. Because the Brahman is Nirakar. But this is not correct. Brahman is both Nirakar and Sakar. Bhagavan is Sakar Brahman. And Brahma Jyoti is Nirakar Brahman. So these Brahmavadis, they don't know about the personality of Godhead. So they make offenses against Krishna. So Lord Chaitanya advises, follow, don't go listening to Mayavadis. They'll destroy your bhakti. Mayavadi kata sravakorle bhakti hoya sarvonas. But Mukundadatta, he didn't listen. And he went anyway to so many different groups. So then one time Lord Chaitanya, he just got fed up. Like the senior devotee is a bad example that everyone is going to get affected, possibly. Maybe he's not being affected, but anyway he's not following the rule. So it can affect others. And maybe he'll be affected, who knows. Anyway, he didn't follow, so then Lord Chaitanya says, he's not following, so I don't want to see him anymore. He wants to do his own thing, but don't come and see him. So when he came, every day he's seeing Lord Chaitanya, he's like a close friend. But he became too familiar, so he didn't follow. Then he came and he wasn't allowed to go in, you can't, he won't speak you. He won't speak with you, he won't talk with you. So what do you mean? It's like that. You don't want to see you keep going to other groups. He told you so many times, you don't follow. So now he doesn't want to see you anymore. Never realized that Lord Chaitanya would also be so serious about the matter. He pleaded with Nityananda, Nityananda Prabhu and other Vaishnava went, okay, he promises he'll never go again to listen to the other Mayavari groups. Lord Chaitanya said, no, I'm sorry. You can go with him, but I don't want to see him. He don't listen, why should I see him? So Mukundadatra, he was so much in shock. He never knew that it would come out like this. He couldn't eat, he couldn't sleep, he was like a man and he thought, He's go running after the Lord is for this. What can we do? Lord Chaitanya independent. If he wants to give you mercy, he can give. If he doesn't want to, nobody can change his mind. Krishna is independent. What he wants to do, he'll do it. He gives us some independence, but if we don't use it properly, Bhakti Yoga, everyone is given some leeway to act. We have to act responsibly. We have to act very carefully. Krishna sees everything we're doing. If we act responsibly, then we try to do the right thing under guidance of Guru and Sadhu and Shastra. Then Krishna will be very grateful. 
and he'll give all the blessings to you. But if we don't act properly, then why he'll give us blessings? So for so many months, Mukundadati, he was like a madman. He can't see Lord Chaitanya, he can't eat. He's, he's hopeless. And Lord Chaitanya said, I don't want to see him anymore. Then one time he approached the secretary and begged the police, just ask him, no, I don't listen to this doctor, I feel free, what can I do? Don't press me to talk to Lord Chaitanya. When I mention your name, I get angry. You just ask him when I can see him again. That much. How long is this period of banishment? Because he said, I'll never see you again. So he asked Lord Chintan, the secretary, when he mentioned him, no, why are you reading his name? No, no, he just wants to know when can he see you again. So tell him he can see me after one crore of birth. Imagine, 10 million births. Very depressing. But Mukunda Dattva was so hopeless, he heard never again. He said, never, never. I made such a mistake, I'm never going to see Lord Chaitanya. When the secretary came out and told him, you can't see him for 10 million births, he eventually I'm going to see Lord Chaitanya. He became very happy. Haribo! Haribo! So you see that Mukundaraja, why he shouting Hari Bol, Hari Bol, rejoicing. You see, he was hopeless, he'll never see you again. When he heard that you know, he can see you after Chatsuni and birth, he became happy that at least he'll see you eventually. So he's jumping in joy. That was how hopeless he was. I never see again. Then he thought, okay, I'm going to see. Haribo! Then Lord Chaitanya was moved by that. And in his own independence, he said, all right, let him come. Haribo! We have to be very careful. Whatever vows we take, whatever commitments we take, whatever we do, we should try to be very honest with Krishna. Because we can't cheat Krishna. He knows everything. He's Atta Jami, he's a super soul, Parabhatma. So we have to, in Bhakti Yoga, one has to be very sincere. Insincerity doesn't work with Krishna. In other processes, one might not be so sincere. That's why Bhakti Yoga is tough. It's easy to do, nothing hard. As a Grihastha you can do it, as a student you can do it. Nothing physically hard, nothing very rigorous, very easy things to do. Sing, dance, feast on prasadam, hear a little philosophy, do some devotional service. Not very difficult, very easy, but only difficulty is with our false ego. 
with our sincerity. Will we be honest to ourselves? That's why to help us to be sincere, having good association is very important. If we are with other sincere devotees, it's very easy to do devotional service. But if we are with friends who are pulling us, let's go to cinema, let's go drinking, let's go partying, let's go this, then it's more difficult to be a serious devotee. And we can easily get misled. So our close friends, we should try to pick out devotees. Build that we want to advance in our spiritual life. If you can make your friends and devotees, that's best, no doubt. But otherwise, at least have devotee friends to associate with and support you in your spiritual quest. Then you'll find it much easier. We want that after leaving this body, you will not have to take birth again in the material world. This is our goal and while you are in this life, we want you to be peaceful, be happy and be booking your, developing your relationship, your understanding, your knowledge of Krishna side by side. In this way, sometimes even if we are given a test, we take it also as a special opportunity to become more Krishna conscious. I want to thank you all for your participation in the satsangs, for your chanting. How many are chanting here, Hare Krishna? How many do daily japa? Those who are doing daily japa, it's a very good practice. Krishna said, Jagya, Jagya Nam, Japa, Jagya Smi, that of all the sacrifices, I am the practice of japa. Chanting the holy names of Krishna is a very wonderful way. Of purifying our consciousness and establishing our relationship with Krishna. Just as Krishna appeared in this material world 5,000 years ago and spoke Bhagavad Gita, He is also coming to the material world now in Kali Yuga. How has Krishna come here in Kali Yuga? No, right now he is here. Name form. Name form. Name form. Hare Nam. You see? Golokya Premodhana Hari Nama Sankirtana. Kali Kali Dharma Nama Sankirtana Krishna Kipamine Kipamitara Varata. Kali Kali Nama Rupa Krishna Avatar. Krishna comes as the holy name. This is another form of Krishna. So we can directly 
contact with Krishna by chanting Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare Hare Every day you chant some minimum of time, number of times. That means a guaranteed connection with Krishna. Here, in the, if you have a tree in the Gulf which is not being irrigated, simply waiting for the rain, how will it grow? And if you have another one which is having the drop irrigation every day, is getting some minimum number of drops. So which tree will grow better? So that's what this japa is. Drop irrigation. Every day we are giving certain number of drops. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Ram, Hare Ram, Ram Ram, Hare Hare. If you want to give one mala of drops, Two malas, or three malas, or four, or five, or six, or seven, eight, or twelve, or sixteen. We recommend trying to come up to sixteen. And that amount of irrigation means a very luscious growth of your spiritual life. But if you can't do sixteen, then do eight, or four, or two, or one, something. Thank you for watching our videos. Be sure to subscribe to our channel. We publish new videos every day. And don't forget to like and share our channel.